Welcome to Room 106. I'm Richard Garlick from Planning Magazine. And I'm John Gagan, also from Planning Magazine. Every fortnight, we enter Room 106, the world of pain into which all new planning information is deposited, and extract the key things you need to know. In this edition, we report on a dramatic 11th-hour ministerial intervention to stop a council withdrawing its local plan from examination. We'll discuss another authority that's kept more than £100,000 it should have refunded to applicants for taking too long to determine proposals. And we'll explore draft government biodiversity net gain guidance that asks developers to prioritise on-site improvements. And on top of all that, we'll also round up some of the other big news stories of the past fortnight. So, ready to go in? Let's do it. Well, back again in room 106. Yep. Who's joining us this week? Delighted to say that we're joined by our reporter, Alex King. Hello, Alex. Hello, Richard. Hello, John. Good to see you, Alex. Now, you're going to be talking to us a little bit later about the biodiversity net gain guidance that came out. But first of all, John, I'm going to turn to you and ask you to tell us about the uh, the council that uh, has said it's seeking legal advice after the housing minister made this intervention to prevent it from withdrawing its plan. So what exactly happened? Yes. So on the evening of Thursday last week, an extraordinary meeting of Erewash Borough Council in Derbyshire had been due to vote on whether to withdraw its core strategy review from examination. So the council submitted the plan for examination in November last year and examination hearings were scheduled to start this month. The draft document sets out plans for 5,800 new homes between 2022 and 2037. So importantly, control of Erewash Council shifted from Conservative to Labour in this year's local elections. A report by officers that was due to be considered at the meeting had said that the current core strategy review was not, in its words, the only strategy which could achieve the twin aims of promoting sustainable development and resisting inappropriate approaches for unsustainable development. It said that alternative proposals could be progressed that rebalanced the objectives of the core strategy in the light of locally accountable political priorities. Then the report went on to say that withdrawing the core strategy review would provide an opportunity to explore such alternative strategies and provide the opportunity for the new administration to reassess whether the distribution of housing meets with their ambition for the borough and to reconsider the wealth of information gathered through three rounds of public consultation that had taken place on the strategy so far. And that could include any residents' concerns about the impacts on infrastructure, communities and the environment. So members were poised to consider this report, but then the the new housing minister, Lee Rowley, wrote to the authority on Thursday, just hours before the meeting, to inform it that he was using powers in the Planning and Compulsory Purchase Act 2004 to prevent it from making any resolution to withdraw the plan. Can I ask you to tell us about the housing minister's justification, but just just very much a sort of headline explanation of, uh, of, of how he justified this intervention? Yes, he said that the council's current local plan was adopted in 2014, so it was 
It was very old. It was among the 30% of oldest local plans in the country. He said the council isn't doing well against the annual housing delivery test. And if it withdrew the plan, it would be further failing to deliver the homes that people need. It said that withdrawing the plan at this stage would lead to significant further delay while a new plan is prepared. The letter warned that if there's a significant delay to progressing the examination, then he will consider taking further intervention action to ensure an up-to-date plan is in place. And the council has to report monthly to um, housing department officials on how the examination is progressing. Okay, well, thanks very much for that, John. And just very, very briefly, in one line, how's the council responded? So the council described it as a dramatic 11th hour intervention. It said that the council's new administration was fulfilling an election commitment to change the the plan. And it it said they want to come up with a fresh blueprint and it was now seeking legal advice. Of course, this is the second intervention by a housing minister this year. In September, there was a similar intervention with um, Spelthorne Council in Surrey preventing it from withdrawing its local plan. Okay, well, thanks very much, John. And um, moving on to your second story, Bolton Council has revealed that it's acted unlawfully by keeping more than £100,000 in planning application fees that should have been refunded to applicants due to their proposals not being determined on time. So how did this happen? Well, under the government's planning guarantee, application fees should be refunded to applicants if a decision is not made after 26 weeks. But a report by Bolton Council officers revealed that since 2013, when this policy was introduced, the council had not been doing this as it should have done. So there's 10 years worth of fees that should have been repaid that haven't been. And how did this come to light? Well, the council's Labour leader, Nick Peel, said he was made aware of this in May, just after he became leader, when the ruling Conservatives lost power to a Labour-led coalition. And it was raised by a member member of the public. He said he ordered a review, which was looked at by the council last week. The council's borough solicitor said that there have been conditions, uh, whether the conditions for refund have been met, but no refund was made or attempted, then there is a contravention of Regulation 9A1 of the government regulations on application fees. And therefore, the council would have been acting unlawfully. Okay, and what's the council done about it? So the council has introduced a new case management system, which produces reports and provides monitoring information on applications, so the risk of applications not going beyond the 26-week deadline has been greatly reduced, according to the uh, the borough solicitor. Any applicants who are entitled to a refund but have not requested any will be offered one, but those who have requested a refund have already received one, and there's going to be ongoing reports to members on progress with this issue. Okay, John, well, many thanks for that. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to you at the end to give us a quick roundup of the other headlines um, for this week. But before that, can I turn to you, Alex, and ask you about this uh, long-awaited guidance from the government, or draft guidance, I should say, from the government on uh, biodiversity net gain. Just remind us, first of all, briefly, what is the biodiversity net gain policy? 
the biodiversity net gain policy was introduced by the 2021 Environment Act, and it was due to come into force in January. Now, this will require developers to demonstrate how they plan to achieve a minimum 10% increase in biodiversity with all new developments in order to obtain planning permission. And on Wednesday, the 29th of November, the government published long-awaited draft biodiversity net gain planning practice guidance, or PPG, to help the sector prepare for its introduction, along with a raft of draft regulations. Fantastic. Okay, thanks, Alex. And um, what does this latest guidance tell us, which we didn't know before? So prior to this regulation coming out, we knew that developers would have to produce what's known as a biodiversity game plan as part of their application. The main thing to highlight in this new draft guidance is that it indicates that developers should prioritise on-site biodiversity improvements over off-site gains. The draft PPG introduces a new concept, what's known as the biodiversity gain hierarchy, which local planning authorities must take into account when determining a developer's biodiversity gain plan. The hierarchy emphasises that on-site BNG should be considered first, followed by registered off-site BNG, and, as a last resort, biodiversity credits. The draft PPG also provides some clarification on the application to mineral sites and further detail on the relationship between the mandatory BNG requirement and any existing BNG requirement set out in a local plan, making clear that the latter cannot trump the former. The guidance also clarified the government's approach to biodiversity with phased development schemes. As I mentioned, as part of developers' duty to demonstrate biodiversity net gain, they'll have to submit a biodiversity gain plan. However, the template that the government issued in October was only designed for standard permissions for major development. And for many commentators, questions remained over whether the government would take an overall or phase-by-phase approach to BNG with phase development schemes. However, according to the new draft guidance, the government would take an overall approach to phase development. In such cases, developers will have to submit an overall biodiversity game plan, as well as a phase biodiversity game plan for each phase before development takes place. Okay, well, thanks very much for that, Alex. It sounds like um, important information from anybody who is going to be responsible for delivering biodiversity net gain uh, requirements or meeting those requirements. I know there's a lot more in your article about how the, how the sector's reacting to it, so we can point people towards uh, planningresource.co.uk to read about that. John, can I just turn back to you to very briefly give us the other headlines from the last uh, week or so? Yes. So up first, the government has promised to respond to its consultation on proposed changes to the National Planning Policy Framework by the end of this year and has defended its use of the requirement for urban councils to meet a much higher level of housing need than other areas. A response to a report by the Leveling Up Housing and Communities Select Committee has revealed. Meanwhile, the Housing Department has confirmed that the new Housing Minister, Lee Rowley, will be responsible for planning, including overall reform of the system. The Supreme Court has confirmed that Courts can grant local authorities so-called newcomer injunctions, preventing unidentified and unknown gypsies and travellers from setting up unauthorised camps within specified areas in a ruling described as a judgment of national importance. 
In other news, the planning inspectorate has yet again fallen short of the newly introduced ministerial performance targets that measure the number of valid appeal submissions and the timeliness of decision-making, according to its latest statistical update. Elsewhere, the court has told a magistrate that he must pay a £77,000 confiscation order plus £16,000 in fines and costs after he pleaded guilty to unlawfully extending two properties, one of which he rented out. And finally, schemes granted planning permission before early July may be exempted from the new planning prohibition power that can prevent developers building out planning consents if they have failed to sign up to new building safety rules, according to fresh government guidance. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, John. And of course, more details of all of those stories Uh, like everything else, is on planningresource.co.uk. A quick heads up that we have a webinar on biodiversity net gain that is going out live at 9am on uh, next Tuesday, the 12th of December. So uh, please do come along and take part in that and put questions to our expert panellists. But now let's get out before there are any more announcements or decisions. Great. That's another few weeks summarised. Yes, we'll be back with a bonus edition in a week's time. In the meantime, don't forget to enter the planning awards and give yourself and your team the opportunity to get the recognition that their work deserves. If you aren't a Room 106 subscriber already, you can subscribe wherever you normally get your podcasts. And to get a daily bulletin of planning news, plus weekly analysis and specialist bulletins, subscribe at planningresource.co. UK. And if you haven't visited the site for a week or so, come along and, and, and have a look because it's recently revamped uh, and we hope improved. So uh, so come and have a look. Our thanks to producer Inga Marsden from Haymarket Business Media and Daisy Chaku from Rethink. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>